Hey everyone, you're listening to Pistons and Prosecco, a podcast dedicated to showcasing awesome wedding vendors and providing a behind-the-scenes look at the wedding industry. I'm your host, Bryce Bjornsson, owner of Jack's 47 Mobile Bar. We create a better experience for your guests by serving delicious drinks on drafts with style. Today, we have Wendy Van Wagoner with Happy Bar Services, and she's located in Rockford, Michigan, which is in Western Michigan. So, Wendy, I'm really glad to have you on. You're the first fellow mobile bar owner to be on Pistons in Prosecco. Well, thank you. I'm honored. Cool. I've been uh, watching you for a while. You have some pretty cool rigs. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Wendy here has a, a converted horse trailer, correct? That's right. It's a 1978 champion horse trailer that was converted into a bar. And let's just start out let's dig deep in the beginning how how did you start this i mean i know that you know we're all there's a lot of mobile business owners mobile bar owners out there um but i'm always curious you know what what was your kickstart into the industry yeah well this business started basically because i didn't know how to make cocktails kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> uh, cocktails have always been sort of intimidating to me. I've always stuck to beer and wine. I've always had an interest in cocktails, but they scared me because you buy a nice bottle of something and you're talking 30 to $50. It's a commitment, right? What if I don't like it? So, uh, so I would often shy away from the whole cocktail scene, but, um, now we're going to go a little sideways in the story here, but my husband and I built a house that had a hundred year old barn on it. And we started hosting parties, barn parties. And inevitably friends would bring a nice bottle of tequila, a bottle of rum chata or something. They'd always bring something to the party um, as like a hostess gift. So after a few years, I've got quite a pantry built up of nice bottles of spirits and it became a running joke with my husband and I every New Year's Eve. I would say my New Year's resolution is to drink more liquor. <laughs> and, yeah. And so one of these days I finally said, okay, dang it. You know, I'm going to learn how to mix cocktails. Got all this free booze in my pantry. I'm going to do it. And so I clicked up on uh, Pinterest and I'm scrolling through recipes. And I come across this incredibly cool charming mobile horse trailer bar that's running down in Texas. And this actually later I find out is Tass Tassie Grantham's. I don't know if you know Tassie, mm -hmm. but she runs the poor horse and we know each other through a, a, a group that we all belong to. But um, I looked at that and I was at a point I'd been in corporate America my entire life and was looking for a way out. And I saw that bar and that was the spark, you know, I showed the bar to my husband. I'm like, there's nothing like that here and we could totally do this. Mm. So that was the very beginning. Um, you know, I probably could take the whole podcast to finish that story, but that was <laughs> the spark that started it. Well, and did Tassie build this one out for you? Did you do it yourself or did someone else build it for you? Yeah, no, Tassie didn't build this one out, although she did quote me, and I'm sure she probably would have created a much better better rig for me, but this rig is great. Um, we were in the process of literally wading out in, in fields, farm fields, looking at old rusty trailers, talking to metal fabricators, the whole works, 
And one night I was on Facebook Marketplace searching horse trailers and the one that I have now popped up. A guy up north of here was actually getting into just playing around with something to flip and it was perfect timing. And he finished it to the way I wanted and brought it down a month later. So Oh, perfect. That was really perfect and lucky. Yeah. Well, these things, I know that um, I've listened to, actually, Tassie was on a podcast, and she was talking about the cost of of doing these right. And it was in the realm of, I think she said, like, if you really want to do it right and get it custom done by a professional, it's in the 10 to 15K range or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I think she's far above that now, um, because I think what she quoted out was three times that amount. And I have no doubt that she does it exactly the best way possible. Um, But when you're starting out and you don't know what you don't know, um, it looks good to you. You're going to go with it. I mean, since using it for the last two years, there's definitely some things I would change. Mm -hmm. But it's a great starting point for me. And we paid we paid 10,000 for it, for it. So, and it was all finished up. It was all finished up. Yeah. Yeah. I have evolved my bar setup over the years. Um, at first it started out just out of the back of the truck. So there's four taps and they were pointing behind the truck. Um, and there was a few problems with that. I had to lift kegs over the side of the, the bed and I almost broke my back one time because it was a whole keg. And my, my other bartender had to push my back up so I wouldn't fall over just lifting the thing. Oh, you know, the sheer weight of it. So heavy. Oh, it was crazy. So that, so that was one issue. The second issue was that it was kind of low down, like the way that it was slid in the back. It was like I kind of had to hunch over to pour drinks um, off the draft system. And the third thing was that you didn't really see the truck, you know, like people could see it as they were coming up to it. But it wasn't showcased um, as a compared to when I put the taps on the side of the truck. Right. So I've converted both trucks to the side taps. I like it much better. Um, and yeah, and we evolve, we learn over time. And uh, I think that's, you know, the, the business owners that succeed are the ones that continually update and improve their services. So, oh, yeah. I mean, and the way it looks and the way it functions sometimes can be totally at odds. Um, so you have to find that sweet spot in the middle. Um, the guy that made this for us, he's a a furniture maker. And so he put in a lot of like cabinetry type stuff that looked awesome, but it's very, very, not very functional, you know, cabinet doors that you'd have to, that would get in the way every time you try to open it. You've got such limited space in there that really just from the waist up, it should look really cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but from the weight down, it can be totally, you know, utilitarian. Um, so there are still some things that I need to change because yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't know until you start really using it. And experience just teaches us so much. So Exactly. And that's something that I'm like, I like to just start things <laughs> and then improve them. If yeah. If I had a plan for all this, if I had to have a plan, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'd still yeah. be like twiddling my thumbs. So yeah, no, that is what you have to do. I and mean, when you're an entrepreneur, you know, I think we fall into the trap of thinking everything's got to be perfect and ready to launch before we launch. And that's not true. Just, just yeah. get a baseline and just start, you know? Yeah, exactly. Start somewhere, improve as you go. You right. know, easy peasy. Um, so you started the, you started the business and you know, 
I guess let me let me back up. I only thought that I was going to do weddings. I mean, that was kind of like you know, we there's a lot of weddings here in Asheville. A lot of people come here to get married. Uh, tons of venues without draft systems or bars. So you know, that was kind of my focus. I had tunnel vision almost for the first year or so, and then I started getting corporate uh, inquiries, but I'd never really pushed that. Um, so I'm curious, you know, did you? start with weddings um is that your bread and butter or are you doing all sorts of events um at different venues and different for different clients that is my bread and butter right now i think that's the lowest hanging fruit for the most of us when we first start getting into this scene Mm -hmm. Um, i'm into year two so i'm still pretty new at this um and i think that we really fit nicely into the wedding industry because what you mentioned earlier about showcasing your truck the same thing people want something unique and charming and a focal point Mm -hmm. and we serve that purpose plus we hand out drinks so it's like perfect Um, i would like to get more into the corporate uh party and company event scene we have done a little bit of this um but not not a ton um that's definitely something that i'm going to be pursuing moving forward they're a little bit different client though totally you know they're not uh they're not as concerned with budget or, or alcohol. They're more about how easy it is and how flawless you can just take care of their need and they don't have to do anything. Whereas, you know, the clients in in the wedding, um, we don't provide the alcohol. So they see the bonus that they can buy things at cost yet. They get this premium bar service. It's, Mm. It's a little bit too different beasts, but I definitely think that there's growth potential in, in company events and and i hope to get there so yeah yeah there was i was getting some interest uh ramping up in the beginning of the year i actually had one weekend where i had like a rehearsal dinner a wedding reception and then the next two days like sunday and monday were corporate events i'm like sweet this is awesome and then everything got canceled or oh, rescheduled okay. so the in the ones that the corporate events they hadn't booked yet they hadn't put a deposit down so those just vanished yeah. um and there, we're talking big, you know, down in Charleston, big corporate events. So uh, I'm hoping to get back on there just to diversify, you know, the business. Um, as a business owner, I want to survive. And part of my survival is uh, is diversifying my client base um, because I do want to keep this around. I do want to provide this amazing bar service to people. And if I'm only doing weddings and something happens with the wedding scene, then that would yeah. uh, could potentially shut down my business at some point. So just trying to be resilient so I can continue to offer the services sure. that I believe, you know, people deserve and, and want um, is really important to me. So I'm going to. Well, and the other thing is, is that company events fill in on the days that weddings typically don't fall. So it's usually during the week or maybe it's a Saturday morning. Um, so it really does help to round out our, our bookings and, and yeah, you know, like you, I was just getting my toes wet into that. I had this really big three-day event that I was getting close to booking for a yacht company, which is like perfect, perfect client for this sort of service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then good old COVID. So yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody scared the ghost really quick. Well, and the good thing about, yeah, I'll say one last thing about the corporate stuff, but they can be return clients. You know, we hope that our yeah. wedding clients are never return <laughs> clients right. um, for the sake of, yeah, marriage. But you can get bookings from, you know, their friends or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. You can't, I mean, if you have a localized client base, you know, I think you can. The thing with Asheville is we have a very low population 
compared to the amount of weddings. Like the weddings per capita is very high because people are coming in from all over to get married here. So, you know, if I do like my, one of my first, uh, couples, you know, couple clients, they were from San Francisco Bay, actually 15 minutes from my hometown, which is pretty funny. Um, but you know, they're, unless someone from that area comes and gets married at Asheville, they're not, they don't, you know, that referral right. okay. value is not there. Um, I guess that brings me to, to, to your market. Do you have a lot of folks that, is it, is it all local? Is it 50, 50? What's the split in regards to, you know, the weddings you're doing? Yeah. Well, it's been my experience so far that it's where I am. I'm close to a lot of resort towns and I think the resort towns more fit the bill for destination wedding type things. Mm -hmm. um, I am getting some of those, but I would say that probably 75% are local. Um, I do have a few clients that are reaching out from other states who are originally from Michigan and that's why they're coming back here. Mm. Um, but I would say the majority at this point are local local weddings and and we travel you know i think the radius that i'm really comfortable with is about an hour and a half um from our home base because anything further than that we're going to ask for them to pay for a overnight accommodation and then it gets a little bit pricey and people don't want to do that and i don't feel comfortable pulling a rig home that far um in the wee hours of the morning when we're just exhausted. So yeah, it's not a, it's not fun. I've, I've definitely been there. In fact, one of the weddings that I was going to do in May got rescheduled to a backyard venue. So originally it was going to be an hour and a 15 minutes from, from Asheville. And then they rescheduled to the backyard in their town. And that was two and a half hours away. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I was like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not do this because it's my only wedding of the month of yeah. May. Um, and so I drove two and a half hours, hauled that truck down there, you know, and that's brutal gotta, coming home. Yeah. And it was up, it was like uphill, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm watching, I'm driving a diesel. So I'm watching my EGTs, which is exhaust gas temperature. So oh. you keep it below, uh, I think it's, 13,000 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So you look at, I'm looking at the little needle go up cause I'm calling this truck up the hill and you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's stressful. And so, uh, I, I agree with you. One and a half hours I think is perfect. I've done two and I don't, I don't really like two. Um, yeah. as, as you know, as we're wrapping up at 10 or 11 o'clock that two o'clock, you know, turns the night into a 1 AM one thirty arrival which is just not where well I'm and we've been on our feet easily 12 14 hours at that point yeah. you know yeah. it's just we're physically and mentally exhausted and <laughs> and we're pulling something really valuable you know we yes. don't yes. you don't want to make that little mistake where you fall off the edge of the the ditch there and roll i don't know are you and so you guys yeah you don't have a that is the trailer. You don't put it on a trailer. It's a, you connect. It is the, the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's, that's the one thing I'm jealous of with those horse trailers is that you just hook it up. See, I have to load my truck onto a flatbed and tie it down and, you know, make sure it, yeah. it gets, it gets there in one piece. It's, it looks like a big heavy bugger too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, have some muscle to pull that and, Oh yeah. Well, it's funny because when I started, I was driving the truck everywhere. So I went in the truck to the wedding. Um, the pro there was a couple problems. One was that uh, it would get dirty on the way. Um, right. 
and it still gets dirty to be honest on the trailer but like if there are bugs you know the wind you're getting them on the windshield and the grill uh and i was hauling these huge kegs around on a four-wheel drum brake you know truck from 1947 Right. with cars that are built in 2000, you know, 15, 16, that drive <laughs> differently because they have new brakes, you know? So um, just the logistic, just the reality, I guess, of yeah. driving an ancient truck around um, was not really working. So I, and also when I got my second truck, I decided, oh, I need to haul these myself. So I'm gonna go buy an old diesel truck, which I did. It was, it was a Dodge too, with the little Ram on the front, just like these ones and the flatbed trailer and so you know it's, it's allowed me to expand but um but yeah as i said it's a little bit you know it's demanding when you're hauling all these trucks around um, now do you do you let anybody else haul them i mean as you I, expand into multiple events are you i've uh, yeah i've um well i've contracted with some some tow truck companies but i haven't oh. had yeah they they will actually go and pick up the truck drop it off of my house or vice versa. Yeah. So I have done that, but there, to be honest, I would love for like a really reliable and friendly and professional tow company to be around. Cause then it could match up with my vibe when, when yeah. some guy comes, you know, drops off the truck and he's not willing to work with the, <laughs> the, the venue or the, right. you know, like if, if they're not nice, that is going to reflect on me. And yeah. You know, costs a lot. It costs like a, you know, I think a flat rate for one of them was like 75 each way. Oh. Um, yeah. And we're talking like within city limits. So if I'm, you know, a lot of my venues are 30 minutes out, 45 minutes out. So we're talking, right. you know, hundreds of dollars to get it there. And so that's why I was like, you know what, I'll do it for now. Um, and we'll, we'll figure that part out later. So, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah, so I do, I do trust people with it. I mean, it's just a, it's a beautiful truck, but it's a truck. It's a, you know, it's a machine. Um, but that, that reminds me, I do need to work, figure out my insurance for this yeah. year. <laughs> oh yeah, Lord. Okay. But, um, but anyway, enough about the trucks. I want to know about this horse trailer. So it looks beautiful. You said the cabinet maker, furniture maker, you know, built, yeah. worked on it and built some of that. I can see, you know, he did some really clean cuts, um, and did a good job. Do you have a draft system on there? Do you do only mixed drinks? Tell me more about the setup and you know, what you offer to your clients? Yeah, well, I believe in the simple setup. Um, I do not have a draft system on there. In fact, I'm one of the bartenders that actually am going to try to talk you out of a keg. Um, I know that's sacrilege for you because you're set up for nothing but kegs. Yeah, Wendy, hold on. We have, a, we have to cancel this <laughs> podcast. Sorry, we're having technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> um, the no, reason tell, I want to, I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear the argument. Yeah. Okay. So the argument for me is, we have served kegs. We will continue to serve kegs if the client really, really wants it. We're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. But we basically have this open vessel inside that that horse trailer, and the nose of it. Although I may eventually build a keezer or something in there for kegs. Um, the reality of a keg on a single day event is really quite tricky. We don't control the kegs. We just are at the receiving end of them. And we often get them when they're, um, they've been tossed around. They're not held to temperature right. Um, they weigh 200 pounds, picking them up, at least half barrels do. Mm-hmm. Picking them up and putting them in this little tiny horse trailer is no fun. Um, 
and it's very difficult and we're pouring foam, you know, we're pouring 30% of that keg right on the ground because it's all foam because it wasn't held correctly or delivered right. And I tell my clients, you know, if you buy bottled and canned beer, we can get that down to temperature, ice cold in 20 minutes in ice bins. Uh, the other bonus for us is, is that, as you know, we don't, unless you have a liquor license, which the majority of us do not, we don't provide the alcohol. They provide us with the alcohol. So at the end of the night, when they have leftovers, cans and bottles, they get to take those home and enjoy them the rest of the summer. Whereas most of them don't have tap systems or kegerators where they can grab that keg and finish that keg. So it just doesn't, for our rig, it makes better sense for the client and for ease of service to go with canned and bottled beer. So oh, I simply, I, yeah. go, go ahead. Oh, I, I agree with all those, actually. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to say All right, so we can still be friends. I love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. What <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate that because you bring up points that create an argument for a professional bar service, no matter what, right? Because okay. if they do want kegs, making sure those are delivered and handled properly. Um, and I, I totally agree with you. I've had... Uh, the, I had that issue before I had the truck. I was just bartending weddings by myself, not under Jack's 47, but just as a contracted bartender for, you know, beverage companies. And I just did a few, yeah. I did maybe two or three just to like, see what it was like, you know, to, to kind of learn. And they give me this keg and I'm like, this doesn't feel very cold. <laughs> and they're like, well, it's from last night. We wanted, we, we used it for the rehearsal dinner and we want to use it for the, you know, reception. And I was like, well, all I'm getting is foam. I mean, it wasn't 30%. It was 100% yeah. foam. I, I didn't pour a single beer out of that keg. Luckily, they had brought bottles and cans. It was a DIY, you know, wedding for the most part. Yeah. Um, and it just made me realize that if you don't have control over that uh, and you don't understand that that can happen, you could have an unsuccessful bar service, you know, or yeah. uh, bar experience for your guests. So, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I am thinking about those horse trailers um, and the size and the space. And yeah, kegs don't really make sense for, for that. I mean, we can, I can fit like six of them in the bed of a pickup truck. So that's, so as you said, it works, we have different setups, but, um, but a horse trailer, I mean, even, yeah, yeah. Half barrel, <laughs> that, that doesn't. Oh, that it doesn't was, fit. it was a nightmare. I mean, yeah. at the end of that night that we had it, you know, we had two half barrels that we could fit in the nose of that. And you have to, like, we had, like, a, like a horse trailer uh, water trough that we had put in the nose of it. And we put those kegs in it and then just put ice around it. Well, they didn't go through the entire keg. And even the shell of the kegs are, you know, super heavy. And at the end of the night, again, when we're all tired and everybody's been drinking a lot, we couldn't grab those kegs out. And they don't belong to us. So we can't bring it with us, right? Yeah. So one of the groomsmen that this wiry small guy, I just couldn't believe he did it, walks in there and just hoists those out. And I'm like, I'm looking at my other bartender and I'm like, he is going to be hurting tomorrow. <laughs> I couldn't believe he could get him out. I mean, we, we worked for like 20 minutes before we asked for help. I, but yeah, after that, it's like, uh, I'm going to talk people out of kegs. Yeah. It's yeah. Too difficult. There are ways around it. But hey, cans and bottles work great. They work yeah. great. 
for sure. Yeah, we um so uh, Jack's 47, we never let them except for once bring kegs. Like we always deliver them. So we work with local beer and wine shops okay. uh, and we will pick it up on site and we have keg bags that are like insulating and keep the kegs yeah. cold. So we've figured it, you know, we've that's that's my obviously my realm and I've you know, streamlined it and made it, made it work. But as you said, yeah. we're in different States. So there's different. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. I have since found out that I can apply for a special thousand dollar license where I can facilitate um, the sale and I can do the delivery. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just a lot of hoops. It's application process, which I might end up doing. Yeah. But again, I'm just still debating. It's just so easy to do canned and bottled beer. Um, should I even yeah. pursue that? You know, well, so, so we, yeah, North Carolina, we have permits. So it's a beer and wine permit that you could get to resell. So we can transport kegs, but in South Carolina, the laws are different as well. So yeah, it just, it depends on your state. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, what's kind of funny strict up here. about all this, you know, about the mobile bar industry is that every state is different. So it's hard for people to share you know, even tips and tricks, because yeah. you're like, well, we don't, you know, the laws are different. So, um, right. so yeah, anyway, so the, the horse trailer, so we got, um, I, I'm looking at, you know, again, the picture of it. So you open up that window and you're mixing drinks on that window. Is that right? And there's, yeah. and you, do you dispense the, do you, do you let them take the bottles and cans? Cause I see this little, uh, uh, what do you call it? Little, galvanized tub of beer on ice or do you have we that can. behind the horse trailer yeah or yeah that we wouldn't you know that's also talking about liquor laws and safe uh serving yeah. practices um if we're there we're trained professional bartenders that spend through all the you know blood alcohol levels and how to cut people off and control mm -hmm. you we're basically there not just to provide a good time but we're there to control the alcohol so when when we're there nobody self-serves any alcohol to themselves we're in control of all the alcohol that was for the photo shoot basically uh, um, yeah. yeah um so yeah everything comes from behind the bar whether it be cocktails we mix the drinks right there on on the bar top there um we also serve non-alcoholic things too we also provide tea and lemonade and coffee but those can be self-served when it's not during a worldwide pandemic of course um, but yeah, we provide those too, but yeah, most things come from behind the bar. So in regards to cocktails, what's your favorite drink to make these days? Ah, you're going to do the cocktail thing. Huh? <laughs> um, see, I was going to punt and say a dark beer. I really like dark beer, but you know, my, my latest favorite cocktail, that was a huge hit uh, a few weekends ago at a couple shower we worked at is a summer mule. Um, so most of us would know what a mule is, ginger ale and, or ginger beer plus vodka. This one also has the addition of muddled blueberries, cucumbers, some mint syrup, and shake it up a little bit, top it off with a good ginger ale or a good ginger beer. And it's just incredibly refreshing. It I love that idea. I've, I've been growing, I have a little garden here and I've been growing, um, both pickling cucumbers and then like slicing cucumbers. Those nice. slicing cucumbers get to be like, you know, a foot, foot and a half long. Mm -hmm. So, and they just like sudden, they're there. They're one day I see a flower, the next day there's a huge cucumber. So right. I've, I've been uh, juicing those and mixing oh. that with gin, you know, like a cucumber 
gimlet, I guess. Um, How are you juicing a cucumber? Is it like one of those things that smash it to smithereens and then the juice comes out or? No, I use the, I am very picky about my juice. So it's one of those slow moving churning juicers that like squeezes whatever you're putting in there. It's called a, I think it's called a masticating juicer. Okay. So they have different shapes. The ones that you might be thinking of are kind of like tall and cylindrical, whereas this yeah. other one is kind of like long and low and it comes out. It's like a, you see this, you know, uh, auger spinning oh. and that crushes whatever you put in there. Um, yeah. And that's how I make my uh, Carolina mule kick, which is a take oh. on the Moscow mule. So instead of using ginger beer, I make kind of the equivalent, but with fresh ginger juice simple syrup and water so it's not and i use a lot more i use a lot of citrus actually so um yeah we call that the carolina mule kick because that fresh ginger has more kick than a carolina mule or a moscow mule yeah um, yeah so that's how i juice the ginger as well is that using that uh masticating oh you do yeah yeah but i love that that so you're saying so let's just go over that again blueberries cucumber mint syrup yeah vodka ginger beer you got it Nice. Yeah, I like that. Um, well, maybe I'll, I don't know. I think we might be I'll past. I'll send you the recipe after this. Yeah, yeah. I think we might be past blueberry season here in North Carolina, but I do have all those cucumbers. So right. I'll make some of that. Um, yeah, that sounds tasty. I love variations on mules. I think it's a really good base that is, is hip and people like it. Um, so in regards to like creating a signature cocktail, I think that, you know, adding some cool fruit, flavors or herbs or spices or whatever is just a nice touch um and i guess that you know brings me to the signature cocktails is that something that you that you offer to your clients or um tell me a little bit more about what your thoughts are are like service packages and things um yeah you know we offer basically we'll customize to whatever they want but a good starting point is we have a service package for just beer and wine we have a service package that includes beer, wine, cocktails, like standard classics, you know, the pop and shot type mm-hmm. drinks. Um, and then we have signature cocktails. And as mentioned before, you know, um, I don't profess to be a mixologist, although I do profess to be confident enough to learn. And I'm learning a ton as I go. Um, but I also just added to my team somebody who is incredibly passionate about craft cocktails, and she's doing a fabulous job um, designing and crafting cocktails for people who are choosing the signature cocktail. And uh, as part of that, we also do an in-person cocktail tasting. So we, we develop a flavor profile from a questionnaire that, that we give our clients, and then from that uh, Esme, who's my mixologist, she will come up with a good five to six um, different recipes. And then we show up and we allow them to taste test them. And we narrow it down to some really tasty cocktails for their events. So yeah, I love it. it. That's one of my favorite parts of the process is the tasting. So we had a couple come in last weekend or just a few days ago. And I did three variations on our uh, cider or bourbon cider smash. So bourbon, maple syrup, fresh apple cider, and then a little bit of lemon juice just to kind of cut all the sweetness. Um, and I flipped the ratios on the bourbon and cider. And then I, so I had one that was like cider heavy, one that was right down the middle and one that was 
bourbon heavy. Um, and so it was good for them to, to think about their guests and to try those and to make a decision right there then and there, you know? Um, so I love, I love that process. Uh, what's your favorite part of the business, you know, in regards to all the responsibilities that we have as, as not only business owners, but mobile bar owners, you know, what do you like most about this business? And yeah, I think there's a couple of things that really stand out that I love about doing what I do. Um, I love the logistics of it. So as soon as we get booked and I know the venue and I know what we're serving and I know the guest count, I'm going into planning mode. What's going to be the most efficient, easiest, smoothest service with the challenges at hand. So that just fires my brain. I love that part. But I think what I like even more is actually guiding clients through the process of planning a really great bar service. Um, I would say 90% of people that book us have never done this before. They have, they might not even have a lot of beer, wine, or cocktail experience. So planning it for 150 to 200 people is pretty daunting and overwhelming. And they also have a hundred other things to plan. So I love just kind of like taking them in and saying, you know, earning their trust and saying, we've got this. I'm going to guide you step by step through this. We're going to be real and we're going to be friends by the end of this. So it's a lot of relationship building. It's a lot of troubleshooting and just, I love working through it with a client and the relationship that ends up happening along the way. And oftentimes pre-COVID, um, by the time the actual event day arrives, you know, we're all hugs and grins like we're old friends, you know, and I just love that, you know, I love the relationships that happen along the way. You make friends and, and most of my clients follow and contribute to my social media years after, you know, I've met them initially. So there's something to be said about that. It's more than just a business, you know. Definitely. It's, I yeah. love that. And I, I love bumping into them uh, yeah. as local. You know, as I said, we, we're probably half and half locals, destination weddings. And it's just fun to see them out and about and say hi. And yeah, it's nice. It makes it makes. Or they start having babies and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's wild. I know it's crazy. Like in a few years, yeah, it's going to be, um, we're, we're both going to have a lot of, uh, past clients you know so. legacy clients we're gonna be like serving their kids's <laughs> parties maybe i don't know if i can live that long but oh let's yeah that'd be fun <laughs> um so wendy what advice do you have for couples these days you know i know there's the kind of the backyard wedding trend is on the rise yeah. uh, obviously it's, you know self-serve is no longer really a, an option uh in regards to weddings for also for food and beverage. Uh, so, you know, just yeah. given everything that's kind of happening and, you know, what you've seen um, in the past, maybe you've seen a, a bad, not a bad wedding, but like a wedding that maybe went there, there had some issues with it, you know, and so you've learned things along the way. So what, what kind of advice would you give to couples? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all about simplifying and focusing on what matters. Um, I, there's lots of people that are giving brides, grooms, or couples advice during this pandemic time. So I'm not going to go there, but, you know, I think it all boils down to good food, 
good drink, good music. Um, and I think that there are a lot of, okay, I will comment a little bit on the current situation. There are a lot of clients who are being forced from their venues. They're very grand, beautiful, expensive venues into uncle John's backyard or grandma's house. And they're finding out that it works out fabulously. Um, and so it doesn't have to be super expensive. You don't have to have all the things invest your money into food, beverage, music, and the rest will take care of itself, really. And it really is important. I mean, for what you and I do, I think choosing a good bar service is really, really important because not only is it about controlling alcohol and all that liability, it's about the personality. We are gonna be there from the very beginning to the very end. We are one of the last people to leave and one of the first people to arrive. And we are their extended hosts of all their guests. I guarantee you, we will see 95% of their guests. And if we're standoffish, not friendly, don't have good energy and vibes, you know, that really affects the feeling of the party. So they really have to like us. We really have to have great customer service and we have to be really super friendly. Yeah. Um, so. I think that's the advice I would say. I'm in total agreement on on both those points. The first is that uh, food, <laughs> food, beverage, music, right? That that kind of makes the party. Um, but but what you really said, in my opinion, is that you know choose your priorities, which I've been hearing from a lot of wedding vendors. You know, like just focus on the things that you care about, you know, cause some people, I mean, to be totally honest, some people don't care about the bar and I'm like, all right, you're not my people. Like you're not, right. you're not my ideal client, which is fine, but uh, they don't, they really want amazing florals and you know, cake or something. I don't know, whatever they want. Their priorities lie somewhere else and that's fine. But the, people need to, I think, know that you can't have, or if, if you want to have it all, you're going to spend a hundred grand on, on a wedding or, well, two, or 200 grand, you know, like you got to kind of pick and choose the things that you really care about. And, um, right. and, and, and in my opinion, food, beverage, and music are what the, your guests experience. So if, if that's right. what you care about, if you care about the guest experience, invest in those things. Um, the guests don't see the pictures afterwards. You know, I love my photographer friends. I think I love the the work and the talent and the skill that they yeah. have, but that's not part of the guest experience, right? Um, it's okay. still very valuable for you capturing those moments and especially videography. Like I'm a big fan of video, but you know, I think, I think couples forget that, you know, their guests are traveling thousands of miles often to come to their wedding. And it's just, uh, I think it's nice to create a really cool experience for them, you know? So that's everything from right. a photo booth to a horse trailer bar to a, you know, maybe a live band if that's within their budget. So, well, and think about the fact that how many times are they going to look at the flowers? I love flowers too. I'm a gardener. I have a huge yeah. garden. I respect all that, but you're right. From the client perspective, how many times are they coming to the bar? You know, they're coming to the bar all night long. I yeah. think what, what's the average, like five to seven visits per guest. Um, and if they're not doing that, I have a lot of people who just like to stand and hang out at the bar and chat with us. Yeah. You know, there's nobody unless they're little kookies chatting with the floral. <laughs> right? 
Um, that's funny. So we're, you know, we're, I'm totally biased. I yeah. Totally we, but I, I mean, I think everyone <laughs> listening to this knows that we are both biased. Um, but you know, and, yeah, as I said, I, I have friends in all vendor categories and I think they're all amazing and appreciated. Um, but I, I guess my whole thing is that sometimes I don't think people, I, I think they, they forget about the bar. They're like, oh yeah, you know, we'll, we'll just set beer out in a cooler. And you're like, no, you ran, you're going to run out of beer in an hour, <laughs> first yep. of all. And no, you need a bartender. And if you just hire someone off, you know, Thumbtack, you don't know who you're getting. Um, right. I'd really try and showcase our vibe, our style in both social media, the website, Exactly. Um, you know, kind of my interactions. So some people like it, you know, they want the suspenders, they want the, you know, me with my long hair or my bartenders with their beard or whatever, like that's kind of our look, you know? Um, yeah. And so, and, and other bartenders have different looks, clean shaven, you know, different outfits. So you just kind of, you know, I think, it, I guess my point is that it's a whole category and even the wedding industry doesn't recognize that. Like if I, um, so I'm going to wedding, the wedding pro, the wedding MBA conference in Vegas uh, yeah. in November. And I went last year and it's like, what's your category? And I'm like, uh, I'm not a caterer. I'm not a, yeah. like bar services was not part of that. But, you know, catering is maybe overarching, you know, I guess years ago, right? The caterer was, was always the bartender um, or took care of that responsibility. But now, yeah. you know, we're, we're becoming more specialized. Uh, the mobile bar industry blew up what like three four years ago maybe and it's you know just taken off so um so yeah well I, yeah. I agree you know it's it is interesting i mean even the knot you know a lot of couples go to the knot as one of their first stops in planning a wedding and there's not really even a good there's not on the knot a good category for uh bartending services and I, I do want to like uh, draw out your point you said about traditionally the caterers, the food caterers also handle the bar and, and they still do that, especially in this area. Um, but I would contest that it, that's a secondary focus for them. Their main focus is the food and that's what they should be. And I'm sure that the bar is a great money maker for them but it's not what they specialize in. It's not what they focus like we do. We focus on the efficiency and building the relationship and building the rapport with your guests and, and the client. And it's just so much bigger than somebody pouring drinks. And I do think that we are coming into a time where that is really um, front and center, people are starting to realize that that is really more important than somebody standing there with their hand behind their back, um, waiting to pour beer in a glass. I mean, we're so much more than that. Yeah, I agree. And I've actually, you know, I'm pretty outspoken about that kind of stuff. And so I had a little tiff with the caterer once because they were like, well, Bryce, like not everyone can afford your stuff. And we offer, you know, bartending and, you know, as the caterer. And I was like, I know, but you know, everyone knows they need a caterer. Not everyone knows they need a bar service. And I don't know, I'm just, you know, I, I've been trying to push my, obviously my business, my agenda for, yeah. you know, for years now. So it's funny. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I bring that up a lot. You know, just the fact that, you know, when people start diving into too many things, you're right. How can you be amazing at three different things? I mean, some people are, there's people out there that can, they can plan a wedding, do the catering, you know, do whatever they can do it all, but it's not common 
Um, and it's, it's hard to expect that they're going to execute hundred percent on all that, all right. of that. Uh, and it brings me back to when I kind of got out of my zone or lane. Um, I had a wedding, uh, last year and they saw my bar service package, um, with an oyster bar add on. So I had an oyster bar as one of like the add ons So signature cocktails are an add on. Um, the custom tap handles are an add on. Well, I had oyster bar as an add on cause I love oysters <laughs> and I was just like, I don't, you know, I'd been, so cool. yeah, yeah. I'd been to a wedding where they had an oyster bar and I just thought it was the coolest thing. Like, as you mentioned, the, having a focal point, right. Having a cute little cart yeah. with oysters. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. So anyway, I offered it. No one bid on it except for this one couple. And I had like taken it off, you know, since they booked, but they were like, Oh, but we want the oysters. I was like, all right, fine. We'll do the oysters. <laughs> and, and I, I get there and you know, I don't know how I let this detail slip up, but like, obviously I had to shuck the oysters. Like they weren't <gasps> going to shuck themselves. And so yeah. my bartender is at the truck and there's probably a hundred, 120, you know, guests there. And she wouldn't have been able to serve all of them. So I'm sitting there with the oysters. She's by herself. But the saving grace was that the catering company had bartenders at the other side of the venue. So uh, between f three bartenders, they could more than service who was there while I was shucking the oysters. Uh, guess. So, um, <laughs> so the reason I mentioned that is because I, you know, that, that oyster bar setup, you know, it, it wasn't 100%. And the mobile bar setup wasn't necessarily a hundred percent because I wasn't there. Um, you know, visually it was still cool. Everything was great with the truck, but you know, I was there doing the oysters and you know, I, there's companies out there that just do oyster bars. Right. Right. Um, right. and so I just, I, I always try and suggest to people that, you know, you know, hire really good vendors, you know, in the categories that you care about and, uh, you know, and get get don't be afraid to get specialized with it because I agree. You know we I that's agree. all that's all we focus on is I, that's all I do now. I just do beverages. I I did initially also offer glassware rental and I cut that out because it was another logistical um, chore that kind of took me out of my focus. Right because I would then be I would then be washing glasses, storing them, and I still have them. They're in the back of my warehouse. I need to sell them because I'm not going to do that because it'll take away from my focus of delivering the the trucks, you know, hiring good people right. and serving that, you know, like it just takes away from my focus of providing a great experience for my clients and their guests and creating that awesome guest experience. So, um, so I'm glad we, I'm glad we touched on that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's really hard. I mean, as I think all entrepreneurs constantly have ideas running through our heads and what we can make a business out of and it's really difficult to really just focus on a few things and stick with it right so um i get you i get you on that but yeah. you make really good points there yeah it was i i guess one of the reasons i did the glassware in the oyster bar was because i read a book that said you should you know try and offer your clients the as much as you can provide them with you know like yeah. service wise like yeah. as kind of like an almost like an accounting thing like you know cost per lead cost per client and then you want to make as much money per client as possible by offering sure. a lot of stuff but uh, so I so, but uh, but it's got to be in that groove with you I felt like that's out of that groove exactly that's what I realized so now instead of just having 
one bar package, I have different tiers. So if you right. just need me for a few hours and it's a casual event, that's priced differently compared to like a Saturday wedding with two bartenders and signature cocktails and lighting, you know, camping lanterns and all that. So, right, right. Um, so I've tiered it to, to have different prices and that's how I've sure. kind of played that game, I guess, um, in regards to pricing. So, um, yeah. So, Wendy, um, I'm curious about Michigan. I've, I think I've been up there just once. It was a, it was actually a bachelor party, <laughs> and I think it was Michigan. I, I get those states mixed up. I'm sorry, um, but it was a, it was a lake house, and it was beautiful, and the forest was amazing, and I, yeah. I had a great time. Um, you know, we just kind of hung out at this lake house, and. You know, it was just a bunch of boys on a boat. Uh, yeah, with yeah. Beer, You're, so. you are describing Michigan right yeah. now. So <laughs> it, it sounds like you might have been in the right state there. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I love my state three seasons of the year. Um, spring, summer, fall are outstanding. Winter is pretty brutal. Um, but yeah, what you described, I live on the west side, which is the best side. All my east sider friends are cringing right now. Um, we have Lake Michigan that basically lines the entire west side of the state and our beaches are incredible, fresh water. We have beautiful forests and sand dunes. I don't know if you've heard of Sleeping Bear Dunes. It's one of the uh, national marvels or whatever their, their label is for. It's pretty incredible. Um, we have the Upper Peninsula, which is pristine forests, waterfalls, lighthouses, you name it. It's just, it is a beautiful state. Absolutely love it. You're no, you're no more than, I think, eight miles anywhere in the state from a lake. So lots of water, lots mm -hmm. of nature. Um, Grand Rapids is just south of me by about 20 minutes. That's the other thing. I don't know if all states do this. Seems like that's a very Midwest thing. We don't talk about actual distances in miles. We talk about distances and how long it takes to get there. Um, so you have to forgive me, my Midwest uh, speaking here, but um, we're just north of Grand Rapids, which is nationally known now as Beer City. And that's because we have so many breweries and fantastic choices of beer. And a burgeoning scene right now is distilleries. We're getting a ton of distilleries that are now uh, getting very well established here in West Michigan and Grand Rapids. So it's just a really, really great state and place nope. to live. D three down seasons of the year. Yeah, just three seasons for sure. Um, <laughs> I'll come down to Asheville in winter. Come down, come on down. Um, I thought Asheville was Beer City. Really? <laughs> we'll have to look it up. I think we were voted once, like maybe five, six years ago. Back oh, when. so is this a yearly thing? It's not just like a permanent label? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you get it forever. I think you have to keep fighting for it. <laughs> um, but it's funny because, you know, I, I came here, I, I, I grew up in California uh, near San Francisco, and I went to college in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I've kind of spent pretty much all my time either in North Carolina or California. Um, and so Asheville was close to Greensboro. So we would go up there, you know, it was beer, it was beer city, as I said, a, a while ago, but now oh, every cool. town has 20 breweries, you oh, know, yeah. like every, I mean, Greenville, South Carolina, Charleston has a bunch of breweries. Yeah. Now Greensboro, which started out with one when I was in college has like six or seven now, you know? So uh, the, the 
brewery scene has just blown up and it's crazy. I mean, it's good for us because we get more choice and, you know, (laughs) more styles. And and what I like about that is then the breweries go in certain directions. So we have one brewery here that is all like wild beers, you know, wild fermentation. There's another that, you know, sticks to um, like traditional styles. So they don't infuse a bunch of fruit and spices. They kind of like stick to the original you know, styles of beer. And I, I like that. So um, it's nice to have some, some choices. So now every town I go into, I'm like, oh, every town's beer city. Right, <laughs> every, right. Every city's it doesn't beer feel city. as special anymore. It's like, <laughs> yeah, what breweries do you have here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's fun to see how they're set, uh, setting themselves apart, you know, because they have to. It is. Because there's like, tw- I think in Asheville, I think we have like in the city of Asheville, I think we have 24 maybe. In Western North Carolina, we probably have plus 50, you know, 50. Yeah, I have no idea how many we have. We just have a lot. It's, I was just thinking though, it's like breweries are becoming kind of like sports teams. It's like, yay, Founders Brewing. It's our local (laughs) brewery, you know. I went down to uh, New Orleans and I saw that they had some Founders beers on tap and I'm like, yay, Founders, go Founders, you know. That's funny. funny. Nobody ever did that for Budweiser, right? I mean. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> some people like their Bud Light. Oh man. Um, well, Wendy, we're almost at an hour, so I'm, I want to wrap up, but uh, is there anything you'd like to share with, you know, you, my, our listeners um, about your <laughs> business or the uh, wedding industry or, you know, how you operate? Yeah. You know, I, I guess um what I'd like to share. It's, it's funny that you mentioned earlier that the whole mobile bar thing is becoming bigger and bigger every year. Um, it's just really started in the Midwest. I think it takes off a lot sooner on the coastlines. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm finding um, in regards to how I'm differentiating my business amongst the other mobile businesses in the area is it's funny that people, when they find out that I'm a bartender, they want to talk first about the cocktails and, and the beers and things. And, and I always, always tell them it's really not about the cocktails, you know, it's about the customer service and it's about the relationship and it's, it's about taking care of somebody's needs in a very human and kind and fun way. And, um, I w- I would say, don't lose sight of that to my fellow mobile beverage catering bartending people um they throw on some really great recipes and really great concoctions that look gorgeous and and that is definitely what we do but i think what we do above all else is we tend to people in fact often in my social posts i'll say i'm called a bartender but what i really am is a people tender mm. um so i guess that would be a great way to end this podcast is focus on your client focus on making their day super special, be human, be kind and make it a lot of fun. And that's what we do best. So. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I had a great time. If you're ever down here in Asheville, reach out, we'll go grab a beer at in beer city, North Carolina. (laughs) We got dark beer down there. Oh, we got dark beer. Come on down. Sounds great. We'll do. All right, Wendy, take care. Have a great day. And um, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much.